This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. <laughs> Cranny's like, why isn't anyone saying bye to me? <laughs> You're still here with the rest of us, Cranny. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking Mind Slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And Medina. I'm on camera and I'm like, oh man, don't blink. Act like you meant to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And now, the A-Team. Hello and welcome to the A-Team podcast. This is Sam Stoddard, a dude on the cast with KYT. Fuck you Matt Cranstuber. (laughs) How's it going, guys? Scotty Mac. What's going on? Jay Boosh. Zippity doo da. And Jonathan Medina. What's Ew. up? <laughs> Freaking Jay Boosh. That was me. That was fucking Stubes. This podcast is going to be seriously. We just spent 20 minutes getting razzed by Jay Boosh. So. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you needed to call fucking Korea and get technical support on how to turn off your Skype sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jay Boosh is kind of a douche. Sometimes yeah. I want to call him Jay Douche. Yeah. You yeah. know what's awesome? Is is just being polite and not calling somebody on their bullshit, like turning off their Skype sounds for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> probably just not mention that. You'll get an 18-month ban. Yeah. You know, I just, I just gotta say, though, I have had to turn the A-Team off in early episodes because of you tapping away in your laptop, Brad. So. No, that's accurate. That's, that's actually a true thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and can that I just happens. admit something? I uh, turned my Skype sounds back on for a bit just so Cranny can figure out what was going on. <laughs> You're like, they're off. And I'm like, I know they're off. <laughs> Ultimate troll. So what episode is this, guys? This is like 80-something? 85. Jesus. Holy fuck. It's, it's unreal. You know, it's it's really surreal because I, I feel like we haven't been around half as long as you guys have, you know? Um, and the fact that we're, I, I guess it's just, you know, the more regular recording schedule. But, you know, to, for you guys to have had, I mean, you guys are going to record, what, 76, 77 this week? 77. Yeah. And so for us to be past that is just so surreal for me because I remember listening to probably almost fucking 20 of your episodes before we even got started. Well, when did you guys get started? Do you remember what set it was? Um, <laughs> uh, it was real close to when we got started. We're like, like two years. We're almost two years in. Yeah. Because we got started uh, 
It was right before Zendikar came out. Now, you guys are more than two years. We started about two and a half years ago on the nose. So, and I know that we started, when we started, uh, the only podcasts that were around were Monday Night Magic, Taps, and then a couple that kind of fell into obscurity. But, like, those are really... I, I mean, there are other ones, but... It, I think we were like, M10. I mean, yeah, probably like M10. the Mana Pool. Like, I don't know if, like, um, I know Mana Pool's around, Jin's Playground. But most of the ones that we were uh, were around when we started are not around anymore. Right. Which I guess sort of makes us, like, podcasting elite here on the cast, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't mean to toot the horn, but uh, as far as people that are still around, and that you know, that have been doing shows that are, are starting, you know, that are current and standing the test of time, like, it really comes down to sort of like us, Taps, Monday Night Magic Crew, and, and the Mana Pool. Like, that's like it. Yeah. It's pretty sick. And the gin's still around. He's oh, kicking. Don't forget Untapped, of course. Yeah. yeah, I, hear, well, I, hear yeah. I hear that's back. <laughs> it is. It's back. Are you excited? Put up a, season two of Untapped? I like it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And admit. I was listening to it, and I'm just like, this is like two weeks old. How is this a new episode? And I'm just like, I imagine it's too old to edit it. I'm like, man, this. I'm just listening to it. I'm like, man, this. These topics are all like not topical. Oh man, putting Medina on the spot. That's that's the that's the problem. That's the problem. I, I didn't get. I didn't have time to edit it. So I edited it. Uh, you know, a week later. You guys should have gotten an editor. It sounds like they they need an editor. They do need an editor, and and you know what? I don't even know if they recorded yesterday. Who's Because I I see nothing in the Dropbox. Well, untapped. Because I'm not part of Untapped anymore. You guys didn't Joel, listen to that. Joel Nidri will be very sad. Yeah. So, so like with they they need to get get it together and record their episodes. So we'll see what happens. All right. So, uh, Stod, you're so let's let's talk about why you guys are here. We heard that you have graciously accepted uh, the the des, is it uh, design internship development development even better. So, you're like leaving Cincinnati, going to Moving Seattle. Across. Like, do you even have a place to live, or are yeah, you just like I... in the back of a car, or what's going on? <laughs> Mary like, are, are you pulling a Mary Jacobson style, or like what's going on here? I, I've got an apartment lined up with some other people that work at Wizards. Uh, Eric Lauer and Ken Nagel. <laughs> oh my uh, god, Eric! Uh, I guess Eric has a condo that I'll be living at for a while. So that will let me uh, get my bearings and, uh, you know, figure out where, you know, where I can stay in the rest of Seattle. And it's a it's a whole thing. Re- the, the pricing of real estate is a little beyond what I, you know, I'm used to coming from Ohio. So I got to figure out exactly what I'm getting into before I go out and buy a, get an apartment that currently costs like three times what I'm paying now for. Well, Sam, you were looking at. What were they called? Econopods? Apodments. Apodments. Oh, God. <laughs> and a, an apodment. <laughs> fucking Mark Wahlberg would call it. <laughs> yeah, if, if Mark Wahlberg was talking about apartments, he'd call them apodments. Like, uh, that it, just it, sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds like the little hotels that they have in Tokyo where you just, like, sleep in a tube. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny because, Stodd, like, I can totally, you know, sympathize, but, like, I, I can't envision you living in anything that closely resembles a closet <laughs> they're actually not that small it's more i mean it's like a kind of a large dorm room essentially you have really every it, it's fully furnished which is actually the nice thing about it but you have everything in there except for a kitchen 
there's a kitchen down the hall that's shared, but you do have like a microwave and a sink. So as long as you want to eat like a homeless person or a, <laughs> a, a student. So that's how Billy got through it all. <laughs> oh, yeah. He oh, like, needs a sandwich. I'm, I'm sure like, I can just, if I wanted to just eat ramen and uh, I could just microwave that all day and I'd be fine. But, you know, I mean, it, 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 that was something like uh, the ones I were looking at were like $700 a month. But that includes most of the utilities, not parking, though. So that would have been an extra like 80 Wow. But and then that's for like you know keep in mind that's for a you know sub studio, the studios were more like in Seattle were more like nine hundred, one one bedroom are like, you know twelve hundred. Like man, uh, you sounds be really like moving to Canada. Just, it'd be really awkward to sign up for like a one year lease and just find out that it was just like you know I get there and I'm like wow this is the uh, worst part of town. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that'd be awkward. So talk to us about the job position. Do you know anything about it? I mean, I know stuff about it. It's, you know, this is a kind of a... Like, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know how Wizards works, right? Okay, so, well, like, the inner workings of that. Well, I don't know any of the inner workings just yet. I mean, I haven't... <laughs> I don't know all the secrets or anything. You haven't been it, shown it works the like, um, <laughs> No, I don't know the tubes. Uh, this is the same thing that Gavin got uh, in October or so. Uh, Billy got this, you know, the internship. Uh, Max McCall before him, Zach Hill went through it, Tom Lutherly went through it. All kinds of people have gone through this, and it's a six-month internship. Um, with, obviously, I hope that by the end of the internship, I can you know, get hired on to do the same work afterwards, but well, I guess we'll have to see about that. Um, and you know, I'm just going to be doing you know, Future Future League, uh, working on sets through just the various development process. If you actually... Um, it's really helpful, actually. They posted a video on their website that they showed during the Pro Tour that talked about the design, development, and creative for Avacyn Restored. Yeah. And so if you watch the development stuff, that pretty much outlines what I'm going to be doing. It's testing out cards, making sure they're fun, balancing, working on the set that way. Wow. Sweet. So you don't have any idea sort of how far ahead you are? No, I don't. I mean, I I know M13 has to be done. Yeah, because uh, just it comes out in like a month. Well, like Ravnica's got to be done too at this point, right? Yeah, I don't know if Ravnica is like I I, I imagine there's like done and then there's like to the printer done. Mm. So I don't know if Ravnica is like at some sort of printer stage or if it's you know just sort of done and then it, unless something you know major comes up there. Then, then they're fine with it because you know even after development gets done, I think there's stuff that happens after that in terms of you know you have to template stuff and actually get it put on the cards and all that. Fun, and didn't fun uh, didn't Billy like get it and then like he worked on Avison Restored, didn't he? He did, but I don't know what his first set was. But he like he hasn't been there for very long. Well, I mean, he's been there for uh, a year. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you didn't know. No, man. I thought it was been like way less time than that. No, Time's it, just flying by. It's been at least that long since we've made a homeless Billy Moreno joke prior to today. Because, uh, I mean, no. you know, Gavin's been there for about six months, if not six months already. Gavin's really? Been... Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Because he started Gavin? in. Who's Gavin? Gavin Vary. He used to uh, write. Oh, for yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, shit! I forgot about that guy. Oops. Yeah, six months. It seems surreal because, like, I remember when he was announcing it on Twitter, 
fuck, is this going to be like the God I remember when I feel so old sort of cast? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Fuck you, Sam Stodd, you bastard, making us all sad and shit. Uh, that's what I do. I know this was your plan. Yeah. <laughs> I, subs- I I live on the tears of Canadians, so I needed to. <laughs> You're the <laughs> opposite of my Duke. <laughs> I need to fill my fuel tank up before I drive for four days. That's right. <laughs> so speaking of uh, the the tears of Canadians, terrible segue, but like, how awesome was that pro tour, folks? <laughs> how, yeah, how many Canadians cried at that pro tour? I, at least Ben seated. Fuck you guys! I shed a couple tears. Are you kidding me? I I welled up crazy when I watched that. Yeah, game game five. It was insane. You cried on game five. What a crybaby! Yeah, I shed I shed some tears for our country. I yelled. <laughs> so people have complained a lot about miracles being luck based and like not fun to play against and stuff. But my God, are they fun to watch? Yeah. Like, tell me that every single time someone drew a miracle, you're watching coverage, you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bonfire. <laughs> he drew the bonfire. Or like, you know, you're watching, um, you're watching like Alex and he's like, end of turn, uh, opponent's turn, opponent attacks. And he's just like, flashback thing twice. And you're just like, oh my God, if he hits a, a devastation tide right here, what if he hits this entreat and gets... They're so exciting. Yeah, long reasons, though, just because I like to watch people get blown out. So I, it, I, I liked it for that reason. I, I don't <laughs> want to have, get miracled against. Well, I mean, there's obviously a balance between how much you want your opponent to, like, it, how fun something is to watch and how fun it is to watch it happening to you. Yeah. You know, like, remember, uh, like, we did a, 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 a cube. We were all in the same room. We were cubing. And, uh, on uh on Magic Online and Cranny drafted a storm deck and one point involved him uh basically being dead on board, casting a mind's desire for one and hitting uh what's it called the devastating the the five mana or the five lands and damage um wildfire. Devastate uh oh, John Medina should know this one. <laughs> it's called uh, destructive force. <laughs> <laughs> The name of that card is seared into my mind forever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, if I was the opponent, I would want to throw my chair out the window because I, you get mind desired for one and they just, like, destroy my board and all this stuff. But as the person is doing it, yeah, it was awesome. Had the time of my life. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, like, it was, it was completely entertaining to watch. Um, I feel like, you know, if you're looking at it from practical application, I mean... Like, if you if you look at the records of everyone else that was piloting the deck, they all basically like sucked balls, right? Like their constructed records were terrible. Um, and Hain just was a master with the deck, right? It sounds like I mean Jay was even talking about it last week because he was talking about uh, I don't know whether it was on the show or not, but like Doug Doug P was on the deck, and he watched him play you know, a bunch of rounds with it or whatnot. And he said, like, it was fun to watch, but even Doug was saying it's fucking really terrible to pilot because it's really hard. Yeah, yeah but Jay it, said like, a that lot of Doug people, did a good job. A lot of people just think that you just you just play that, like, draw miracle, play miracle, win game. But, like, you, you don't. Like, there's so many times when you just don't play the miracle you draw or you don't want to draw that miracle or 
you, you know, you don't have enough mana to do exactly what you want, or, you know, like, you Tome Scour, and it's better than Think Twice, but people think that it's worse then, so they don't play that. Like, it's just, there are so many intricacies to this deck, apparently, and, like, again, I have no idea, because I didn't play it, like, so I can't really comment on how intricate it was, but watching it was fucking complicated as shit. Did you read, uh, did you read Alex's primer for it? Fuck no. Yeah, I read it. It was good. It was well written. <laughs> it was actually like, I was like, I seen it on the site that he wrote something, and I'm like, eh, this little smart ass. Like, let me see what he wrote. So like, <laughs> I was just gonna like, I was just gonna read like the first couple of paragraphs. You know, I like to get a sampling. You know, before I start actually reading it. So yeah, I read it. It was uh, it was a really good primer, and it, it, he it sounds like he really had a handle on exactly like how this deck was made to be played. Yeah. Well, we were, was... we were talking about it earlier, uh, like, uh, before some of you joined, I guess, on the show. And, I mean, like, it was so well positioned as the only control deck that nobody met it against, right? Like, so, I think Sam, it was you that basically said, or I can't remember which one of you guys said it, but nobody played any blue cards except for Invisible Stalker, for Christ's sakes. Well, the other guy had uh, Dissipates in his board, the guy in the finals. Yeah, that, that, that hardly counts, though. So. Man, that guy's like... life is sweet, eh? I've I've heard like infinite people talking about that match, and everyone's just like that guy in the finals. <laughs> you know that guy, God, Dennis. Now, now we actually uh, we as a nation have to thank uh, John Finkel for being such a stand-up fucking unbelievable ambassador for the sport, though. Oh my God! Don't suck that guy's dick. Anymore. No, well, hold on a minute, <laughs> just a minute. So quarterfinals, game five. Um, when Alex has his whole <laughs> listen, you should uh, probably tell the story again. So quarterfinals game five, it's two two split between Finkel and Hayne, and Alex ends up drawing, no presenting sixty five, presenting sixty five, right? Which wait, wait, let, I just want to stop for a minute there and yeah. like, were they playing more than sixty cards? No, they weren't like a control deck playing sixty one or some crazy. No, thing. and he just presented sixty five. Yep, like because he was boarding every game, he would do the old uh, shuffle in my sideboard and then board out fifteen. Yeah. So and he, he just, just counted it to 10. He just boarded out 10. Oh, man. I'm not judging him. I'm just saying, like, man, that's... I had no idea how he could possibly do that. Yeah. And and, and, and he didn't either, I don't think, right? So I mean, he presents it, and he realizes that it's 65. And, like, Finkel could very well have just said, well, like, that's a game loss, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, it's a downgradable offense. I mean, it's it's a pro tour, so I don't know... Like, everyone's like, oh, it's downgradable, so it might not have been owned. <laughs> but, like, knowing the judges, they, they probably would have just fucking given it to him, given him the business. No, it's a, sta- it's a standard da- downgrade because uh, he called it on himself. Like, that's actually the recommended uh, downgrade. Did okay. he call it on himself before or after Johnson told him about he, it? No, you know, he, he presented it, and then I think he, like, something happened, and he, like, was like, uh-oh, uh, hey, uh, judge, by the way, I just, uh, I just gave oh, John yeah. Finkel uh, 65 oh, yeah, he, to shuffle. He went okay, over yeah, then side- that's totally fine. He went he over sideboard yeah. one more time. So, then he so then what? Ten. So then, so then, what? Did, what? What? What does John Finkel have anything to do with that? I I just think he was a really. He basically said, "Look, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm totally fine. Just pull the five out and go." There was like nothing that happened. They just carried on the game, and it was awesome. And I mean, Alex ended up winning. But like, I just I, I think it was really awesome of him not to be a fucking total prick about it, because he really could have just tried to at first people thought that or because sheldon had gotten some bad information or something or there was some miscommunication <laughs> and he thought that finkel had called it and if finkel calls it on you then it is a game loss yeah and so then so that the, the talk was that 
Finkel was like, you know, I don't want this guy to get a game loss over this. Can we just like pull the five yeah. out? Which doesn't actually didn't actually affect the ruling. People thought it did because he didn't get a game loss over it, but it was actually because um, he called it on, uh, Alex called it on himself. That's why he didn't get the game loss. So Finkel's thing probably didn't have a, a an impact on it. But in any case, he looked like a good guy, you know. It was a good guy thing out of it. Yeah. Even if it didn't affect anything. Yeah. So anyways, I just I just thought it was really stand up. And uh, and it was worth mentioning, I think, because, you know, if that had potentially been, you know, incorrectly done, then that would have been disastrous for us, right? It would have been it right there. So Yay. Anyways, yay Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how awesome is it that uh the the deck that supposedly was the worst matchup ended up facing in quarters and finals and took it to five. Well, I mean, he took it to five every single time, right? But yeah. uh, it wasn't a good matchup, though. It was a bad matchup for the Miracle deck. I mean, that's what I'm I, saying. It was it was a terrible matchup for the Miracle deck. And he still, he both times came out. Yeah, they just got mana screwed and couldn't draw invisible stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever. Well, that's a like, thing. Like, okay, I, I completely respect Alex for playing the deck. I think it's a really cool deck. I think that it was not great position because it seems like this deck is not a good matchup for you. I can't imagine a scenario where the uh, the red white deck is at all a good matchup for you. So I'm I'm not sure what you're beating really, other than maybe like all the uh, like the reanimator deck and maybe some of the green white decks. Everything else just seems like a horrible matchup. But like you know he he uh, I don't know do you know do you know what Alex's record was during the Swiss? For, he was one uh, three. He was he was one three going into the drafts. Because he was up against all of the red white decks, and then fucking like XO'd all of his drafts, and uh, and then day two, all of the stupid red white decks were gone, and he fucking trounced everything that was left. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Because I mean, yeah, that that was the issue of the deck is that it seems like it wasn't positioned well, but it's positioned well against most of the decks that are positioned well against red white. Yeah. Like the 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 reanimator deck, man, that matchup seems awesome for him. Yeah, because he, I mean, the deck basically just. Everything that the reanimator deck was trying to do, you can just undo so quickly between the devastating tides and uh and terminus, right? Just Yeah. Right? And then you have... fatty and nope. Yep. I mean the, the biggest concern is that, you know, they board in their blasphemous axe. I mean, you actually don't have a whole lot of good ways to win, you know, other if if they uh, can actually deal with like two and treat the angels. Yeah. But you know, I mean that that deck also is not gonna have an easy time killing out of uh Tamio. Unlike White Red or unlike uh, even the, the sort of Bant uh, untargetable deck. Yeah. I uh, So I, I feel like um, Bonfire was just so awesome all weekend, too. Just that, that card seems like, I mean, the focus was a lot on, you know, in the finals about Alex's Miracle deck and all that jazz. But, I mean, between Silverheart and uh, Bonfire of the Damned, I think those were, in my opinion, two of the huge cards that came out of the weekend. Oh, yeah. But yeah, well, watching somebody bonfire, like I was watching some matches and it looked like guy was absolutely stone cold dead. And he's just, oh, well, flip the bonfire, bonfire for nine. That's game. That's what, uh, that's what miracles do, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a miracle. Yeah. Do you really yeah, think like Silverheart, like when you say Silverheart's a breakout card of the weekend, like what do you mean by that? In block or like in standard or? Well, block's always the precursor to standard, right? Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, block does come before this next standard season. Well, because you know that all we all we you don't have two banned cards on the block ban list. And all <laughs> keep in mind that all that we've seen in the in standard for the last few months has been tempered steel. You know, just like the last block pro tour. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that is true. That is a good point, Sam. All we've seen is temper steel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. The reason why yes! Silverheart, there you go. Take a drink. Big shot, big shot. Oh, I hate this. Uh, no, but uh, always like Wolfier Silverheart is awesome in a format that doesn't have a lot of instant speed removal that can kill it. Yeah, you know, like when you throw in Doomblade and you throw in Vapor Snag. Vapor Sna- yeah, Vapor Snag. Even though that's technically rotating, I mean, if there is not a lot of instant speed removal in uh, M13 and Return to Ravnica, then Wolfier could be the 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 hero that we need in in the fall, but. You know, he's he's very powerful and certainly much more powerful than people gave him credit for, but it's not like in Block where he is just nigh unkillable if you actually resolve him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I just don't think uh I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm I guess I'm tainted from a from a finance standpoint because it's like, I don't know, an eight to ten dollar card right now. <laughs> and uh and like to me, it's like people oh, are like. like apparently, we're in a recession. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to me, it's like the reason I'm down on it is not really its playability, but its ability to stay at eight to ten dollars. Like, I just don't think it's going to stay there at all. No. Like, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever that this card is eight to ten dollars. So. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess whenever I hear Wolf or Silverheart, which I've been hearing about all week long, Silverheart, Silverheart, Silverheart. Uh, it's just like yeah, uh. whatever. Dude. It, it's in an intro pack. Get over it. It's <laughs> a foil. It's a foil in the yeah, intro it's, pack. It's like a three to five dollar card tops, like in its wildest dreams. But yep. for some reason, they're ten eight to ten dollars. So yeah. I just when it, when you're watching in the pro jury, and you totally hit it on the head, start with the removal part, right? But I mean, like he drops, and he just has such a presence, such an impact on the board every time he hits her until he gets doombladed. <laughs> but still. It was, it was again, all along, it just feels like it was really, really swingy. Everything was all about, you know, big and extravagant. And, you know, it was like these elaborate flourishes in every, you know, every motion, whether it's the card draw or whether it's a miracle or whether it's this huge fucking guy that all of a sudden turns the game around, you know? I just, it, it was, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting feel to, uh, to playing at the set. So. I still fucking hate it. That's fair. I'm with Jay. But it was fun to watch. That's what. That's who was I mean, commenting. Uh, it was um, Marshall from Limited Resources, uh, Rich Hagen, Zach Hill, and BDM. Wow! Did you yeah. not watch it? <laughs> no. God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't fucking watch Magic Pro Tours, especially not Block. Oh my god! I had golf to play, guy. <laughs> Are you a oh. What's that? Are you seriously a golfer? Yeah, shit, yeah. Before shit. before the What's A team that, bitched bro? out on before the A team bitched out on GP Vancouver, fucking KYT. Uh, we had a golf bet. Even that was actually the reason that I'm not going. <laughs> I will actually play any of you for fetch lands per Fuck hole. Yeah, I'll take your fucking shit. You oh. I'll, take your I'll take your family. <laughs> and fetches. I got tons of bird and catacombs. Let's go, bro. Isn't that only like five bucks a hole anyway? Then no, nah, oh, they're like they're Granny like getting all cheap on me. They're like ten bucks. He, he wants to do the bird and catacombs, which is in an event deck. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We'll do it for silver hearts. That's at least ten bucks a hole. All right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'm good with that. 
Nice. It won't be ten dollars by the time you play. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that card's trash. Like it's it is definitely a block card. And here's the thing. People don't have and I'm channeling my starter when I see here's the thing, so you have to take a shot. <laughs> you you have to understand that like block hasn't really been a visible format in years. Like it hasn't it's not something that we're grinding for for PTQs. Like the last real block format we had was Lorwyn, and we had four sets in that block, so it wasn't really a block format at all it was really almost like a standard and so people forget that like there are cards that are very good in block that do not translate over to standard and yeah sure Wolfield Silverheart is in four of the top eight decks but that card is is not a standard card like it's way too slow no it's like, a good draft card like they effectively what was happening is they were playing sealed <laughs> Like, yeah, if you're playing really good draft decks, like like they have like these awful mana bugs, and like obviously, like if you look at the quality of the creatures, like Geist, Invisible Stalker, Strangleroot, um, the the other Geist, is that you know they they just have no way to deal with um, Terminus. They have no way to deal with the bounce spell, but they knew that no one was going to be playing controls. So like, you know, that's why you see the pros. Like you see John Finkel, you see uh, Guadinus. These guys play. He's not a pro, but he was on the Star City team. And you know that they were, when they were brewing, they were thinking this format, and it's not good enough. So I, I just think, like, Silverheart, in a, in a sea of Vapor Snags and Snapcasters, is so slow. Like, and like that is just the last card I want to play in five mana. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather just play a Planeswalker every time, right? Like, just play Garouk. Or even uh, an Acidic know, Nine slime. times out of ten. Just, or City, yeah, exactly. You know, it just, that card just is a do-nothing card to me. Until... Like I said, you know, maybe maybe in M in M thirteen we don't see Doomblade, we see Tendrils of Corruption or something, or you know, some some awful or, or maybe Chainer's Edict or something like uh that a, a sack effect where maybe we don't have the, the instant speed removal of go for the throat and Doomblade or Dismember, because Dismember kills it with the, the trigger on the stack. Um, you know, maybe that maybe that does become a good card, but I'm with you, Medina. I think that card there's no way it stays on buy list at five bucks. I see it settling around four or five bucks, you know, as a niche, uh, you know, two of that green decks can play, but definitely not, not as good yeah. as it is in block. I mean, before the before the pro tour, I traded for one for my F and M hero deck, which is pretty sick because I got a dollar fifty. But I traded for one for the birthing pod deck because I figured, oh, at five I can bring this guy out, right? Um, but, like, I played with it for, like, one night, and I'm like, uh, I don't like this card at all in Standard. I would just rather, like you said, have an Acidic Slime, or, like, at the time, I was like, man, I would just rather have Zealous Conscripts, like, all day long than this guy. Like, so I traded him, uh, I didn't trade him off, I kept him, but I traded other stuff for Zealous Conscripts, because that card seems insane to me. Yeah, he's he's definitely a good pickup, for sure. Well, he's like, also in, a, in, a, in an intro pack, so I mean, don't go too crazy. But I think he's got more—he's uh, got more usability than this uh, this other dude. And one red versus two green is always going to be, you know, a plus, right? Like I could run that guy in a blue red control deck. Like I'd be Holy fine shit. with that. The zealous conscripts only cost one red. No, it costs five. Yeah. No, I know, I know, and then and then four though, right? One like red. Why are people four? playing Vaccine Devil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you fucking retard. Yeah, the card's good, and and keep in mind that one of the things people have been most hitting heavily in standard has been Titans, and you know what's really good against an Inferno Titan? Zealous Conscripts. Yep. Or uh, any fucking Planeswalker that I've just been like. I thought you were going to say fucking. 
Corrupted, Corrupted conscience. conscience. Oh my god. <laughs> I one shot at someone with a, with their own Inferno Titan with Corrupted Conscience one time. It was awesome. Oh my god. I would have just fucking ripped my Inferno Titan. <laughs> like okay, Conscripts is the curve topper that Red has been waiting for for since Mirrodin. Since the first Mirrodin. Since Arc Slogger came out, we have not seen a red five drop that has been able to fill the shoes. And it is just like I like it because you can play it in a number of different decks. Like you don't, you can play it in your in your aggro decks. Maybe not like the really fast mono red decks, but definitely the the mid range dorky, you know, red white whatever, you know, steal your steal your 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 last big blocker and kill you with them type decks. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I think he's going to see all sorts of play, especially you know if if Titans are out of the format. And we see, you know, Scar's block goes out of the format. I, I don't know what happens to the big mana decks. So, like, I imagine we're going to start seeing more more reanimator esque type type decks where we get gristle brands. And I love to be stealing gristle brands all day long. <laughs> stealing <Yeah>. draw cards. <laughs> yeah, like seems like really really powerful. And uh, and 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 so if we expect to see, you know, we have unbarrel rights in the format. And we're going to see the Titans leave, and Wizards is going to be very wary on printing, you know, very efficient six drops. So I think we're going to see more guys like Gristlebrand and Avison in future sets, and uh, plus they sell sets, so that it'd be a good, it'd be a good thing to put in uh, in like M13 and in the next base set. So like that guy's that guy's value, just like all the other, you know, and I won't compare it to Stoneforge, but its value is only going to go up because I think like it's. It's good right now, but it definitely has room to to get better. Well, what's it right now? Like a two three dollar card? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, well, and it's four or five, six seven maybe. But like, it's uh, yeah, a, it's a five dollar card for sure. It's just a role player. Like, I just think it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be in standard though for sure. I mean, the other thing people I think just don't realize it's just not seem doesn't seem like it's sinking into people that this steals permanence. Yeah, like it doesn't only steal creatures like. Yeah, you can steal someone's Elishnor and, like, wipe their board and then get in for, like, you know, five plus the Elishnor or whatever. But, like, it also can steal, like, a Planeswalker. You can steal a Birthing Pod. I already said that. Did you say that? Yeah. On this show, five minutes ago. (laughs) Why did you you interrupt my flow? Why don't you just let me say it, bro? (laughs) Go ahead, man. You just go ahead. So the thing about this creature is you can steal a permanent, okay? (laughs) Like a a land? Like a land. Like a... Like a... Like a land. Like a birthing pod? But don't like lands a, all like have haste? <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. I mean, here's the thing. So, the... Shot. Shot. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so, the uh, the decks that want to play this are generally the decks that get destroyed by Gideon to begin with. Yeah. So, stealing a Gideon seems awesome. Yeah. Wait, you can steal Planeswalkers with this thing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, That's whatever insane. you want. Yeah. I would give Permanent. any for Greater Gargadon be legal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that'd be insane. But and that that's that that brings suspend back though, and that's a whole other mess of shenanigans. Ugh. Suspend yeah. is awesome, dude. Yeah. Like I admit, I'm probably just spoiled because I've played far too many commander games against Joyra. Um and as a result I'm just soured on the mechanic as a whole. I understand that it's really powerful, but I just feel really icky. So you play Joyra as no. a commander, or you play against? No, it? I have played many games against Joyra as a commander with the whole like obliterate Eldrazi's 
wins. So, like, why doesn't someone just play a Teferi and be like, suck it? Yeah, we do that. <laughs> that but sounds I mean, like a real douchebag general, though, so... Yeah. You can the just fairy? play it in your deck, and you can use uh, the, the, the wizard tutor, the guy who bounces a sliver. Yep. Yeah, you can just do that. You're not even mystical teachings, you're just sliver cy- or wizard cycling? Yeah, I love wizard cycling in EDH, man. <laughs> is, it, is it your favorite cycling ability of all time? It is. It, is. it truly is. Better I, than sliver cycling? Better. Better than sliver. I, I, was, I was never big on slivers because, like, uh, the first time I got into magic, my buddy had played magic before. And so he was like, oh, yeah, I used to play magic, man. I used to have a sliver deck, so I'm going to build one of those. So my deck was mono black, right, because I liked Royal Assassin. And uh, he built a sliver deck, and then he bought some ward slivers. And so what he would do is just be like, ward sliver uh, protection, all my slivers have protection from black. So I just hated slivers because I just got destroyed by them over and over again in my early magic career. So so I still hate them. I'm flipping through a stack of cards here, Medina. I think I have a Portuguese royal assassin that I'm going to give to you. I've been, I've been the the weird language ones. I have a few Japanese ones, a Chinese one. I want to find out what it's called though, because I bet it's an awesome name. I was looking through me, me and Sam, like over the years, we we would like we would just get bored and say, "Hey, let's go buy like a random foreign box. Let's buy a Russian box of Time Spiral, or let's go buy a Portuguese black bordered Fourth Edition box." And we would just <laughs> we would just get on the internet and do this, and we actually ended up doing pretty well because. Before the whole Korean thing took off, we decided that we each wanted to own 50 of each Korean basic land. Oh, my God. So we, I, I went on the Internet. I went on to Magic Traders, and I'm like, look, I'm buying Korean basic land. I'm paying, like, you know, three for a dollar or something. And I got, like, 10 people that are like, yeah, I got 200 of them. And so they just sold us all these lands, and we've been using them for years. And uh, so now I just have, like, this giant stack of, really awesome Korean land that I'll, uh, I, I have so much I don't even know what to do with, but yeah. So, so I, I one of those is, uh, well, here's a channel. It's called canal. Uh, uh, zombie master is senior de los zombies. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I, I can't find the assassin here, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that that's a fun hobby. So anytime I see a, a random foreign box, if it's if it's on the cheap, I try to pick it up just for just for fun's sake. Yeah, zombie master, that's cool. I might have to make an exception for the. I'm building Klug's uh, zombie cube. Oh, dude, that that list is sick. Do you like that list? Because there's a lot of edits that uh, that probably need to be made since uh, the new sets are out. Well, did you hear his comment that he said that you could basically make it like, or maybe it was you who said it. You can make it like humans versus zombies. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was going to do with it. Yeah, I like, like that. Or something. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for those of us that are playing along at home without a rule book. Um, <laughs> I love can, Scott's thing. Can you explain to us real it quick this so whole old. zombie so cube old. thing? Okay, let me explain it. Like uh, I understand the concept of a cube. I understand the concept of themed cubes. Is this like a mono black zombie cube? Let me let me explain. And Matt can correct me because he's the cube master. Yeah. Okay. The way I understand it. Okay, Eric Klug. Uh, famous altruist and yeah. Yeah. all around no, badass. Noted, noted uh, PV impressionist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he uh, he built uh, he made a list for a zombie apocalypse cube is what he called it. Okay. And basically the concept is is that the zombie apocalypse has occurred, 
Okay. So like the cube is mostly black. So there's like 120 black cards. Okay. And then there's a resistance. There's like a, a group of people still fighting to try to overcome the zombies. So that's the white section. And the white section has 60 cards. And then each other, each other color has 30 cards. So these are like, like, uh, like kind of like sparse races. Like, like there's a couple goblins in the cube that are just kind of left over from getting destroyed, you know? Um, so basically that's the concept. And so there's a lot of zombies and like a lot of kind of like pro black and like, you know, this whole like dichotomy. Am I, am I right, Matt? Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. It's, it's very flavorful. Um, so, go ahead. So the, like the idea is all flavor. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, he, um, like when you initially drafted it, it was like really heavily slanted toward flavor. And then I think he built it to make it so that the draft format wasn't like completely miserable. So black was like, it was like mostly black and then every other color was sort of a support color. So you had like more, like you would be like zombies splash blue for like some bouncers and some draws, zombies splash red, or maybe you'd be like blue white humans. And so, like, it almost felt like an ex- exact flavor draft. Like, uh, if you've ever heard of the flavor drafts that the guys uh, over in the West Coast, they, they, they tend to talk about it more. It's that, like, if you, if you play a Sword of Fire and Ice, you can't equip it to a Bird of Paradise. Because a Bird of Paradise cannot use a sword. What? Uh, Why not? Uh, because it, its beak can't support a sword. He has the fucking feet, talons. You fucking, you grip that shit in your talons. Did you not see the, the picture I posted of a, of the the eagle holding a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. These that's things happen. Not real life. That, not real life. I, that that is real life. <laughs> that is that's actual factual life. So where that's... I want to take the cube now is okay. So Innistrad, this Eric built this before Innistrad even came out. Innistrad block. So now Innistrad came out with some sick, like, flavorful zombies and humans, like, tons of them. So what I'm going to do is I want to re, like, rework the cube and add more zombies and humans. Because some of the stuff, like, for instance, there was a lot of rats in the cube. So, like, I want to take the rats out and replace them with zombies. And some of them are just, like, straight-up upgrades. Like, some rats are, like, there's a new zombie undead something that is exactly like this rat that he had in the cube, but it's better. Because it's a May ability and stuff. So how does the, the people pick teams? Or like... No, you can draft... draft like, format. Or like you just regularly draft zombies versus human. Yeah, like what I'm going to try to do is in the cube, I want there to be like the white-red human deck, you know? And I want there to be like a blue-white human deck. And then I want there to be like... I'm going to try to make a blue-black control deck. So like certain zombies like uh, Haven Go Lich, right? You can run like a control deck with Haven Go Lich as one of your main like kill conditions because it's like it could functions as a zombie and as a control card, you know? So like I, I want to try to put into it like a blue black control deck and like I just want to kind of build different archetypes in it, but try to keep the flavor still, the humans versus zombies flavor. I don't know. It sounds like fun. You really you gotta go look at the Not list. To me. It, it's pretty cool. Like there's a lot of cards that um, you know, when you look at Blazing Torch and you play that in like the zombie cube, like it's it's really fun when you open a pack and you're like, oh wow, I never even thought of that card. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, so I don't really have a frame of reference. But uh, or like I think a lead, in, or like a lead Inquisitor or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That. It, it, it just just Google Klug Zombie Cube, and I think 
it's on the first or second page of uh, of Google, and it's it's a pretty cool list. So yeah, there's uh, cool list when you're done, John. That, I think that sounds like a, a cool idea to revamp it after industry block. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely send it to you because like you're the expert at this stuff. I just kind of I like the idea of like having a zombie cube because I like zombies. So you know, I'm gonna try to just kind of build a flavor out of it, but um. You know, you'll probably be able to give me some suggestions about what to put in there and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. I, I like uh, I like it. I like I like his his core list so far. He's got a very strong uh, soldier sub theme as well. So, uh, SCG uh, has been um, boring, boring as shit for the last two weeks. All right, um, so the, can we just be honest? The first week, no one had cards. There was, like, no Abyssinor Sword cards anywhere. Okay, hold on. Hold on a minute. I, I, I refuse to accept that as an argument. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, okay? If, if FNM grinders, okay, FNM fucking casual folk like us can go to a store and buy, like, if I can go to a store and buy fucking a playset of Tamios and Entreat the Angels and Terminus and then sleeve up my deck and play FNM, like, what is stopping the SCG elite from doing the same damn thing? Like, there's no way that demand issues are that bad. No, they're not horrible. I, I just think that a lot of people have a problems getting enough of the cards. Uh, obviously, they're real expensive. Even if you do pre-orders, you can't always get them in time for uh, for an SCG event, you know, unless you pre-order through SCG. And it's just, you know, and there's not like a lot of lists out. And especially right now when you're going to see the Pro Tours happening very soon after the release event. So people aren't writing about standard as much. I mean, it's going to take a week or two before people really start building new decks and integrating cards. And, you know, like the first SCG event, I mean, you, you kind of know what's going to be good. So, like, I, I, that was the one I think where it was just a lot of Titans. Yeah, it was all, almost like, all day. Everyone's like, I mean, because you know, you know that Titan deck's pretty good. Are you gonna run your random homebrew deck when you could just basically run red green ramp uh, that you know is gonna be good? Or do you know Shout you have that Lansdale? <laughs> yeah, you know, people find that you know if you're gonna go to this you know event that who knows how far away it is for you, you might as well just run a deck you know is good, and then if something else pops up, run that next week. And you, you, people were playing a lot more absent restored cards the second week, and I guarantee you'll be playing a lot more absent restored cards this week. Well, oh, it man, just I came just can't out. Wait. I can't wait for the standard port of the Miracle deck. Ooh. It just it's came out on awesome. Moto, right? <laughs> yeah, pre-releases came out, well, are happening right now, right? Right. The all they have right now are seals, and they'll have drafts. I think Saturday or something. Yeah. So I think like once it hits Moto, like. It's just the problem is people they they can't build their own decks like they need to get lists from people because like we got a bunch of sheep on our hands here so like that's just the problem you know they're not going to brew a deck and they just play what they know is good you know and and then once Moto comes out then the hive mind is going to start churning and decks are going to be built and people will play those decks. Matt, do you have anything you want to add to the subject? No, not really. Um, no. <laughs> do you, do you have anything further you'd like to contribute to the cast before we vote you off the island? You know what we need to talk about like we need to talk about cube pimp cards or stuff like that and Matt will be all in, you know? Yeah, like I'm I'm just not uh I don't have a lot to contribute to the block to standard conversion cuz 
you know, right right before we have an M set come out, there's you know, Wizards is always reinventing the wheel when it comes to the to the base sets. And it's also the time when standard has the most amount of cards in it. So like the format just becomes insane. And uh so it's it's gonna be really hard to port a block deck over, which is like the lowest common like the just the lowest level uh, 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 on the power scales that you could get. So I'm like, just you know, yeah, the pro tour was cool. It was cool to like see the teams come together, but like, I'm I don't really care about it as a format, to be perfectly honest. Um, until Thanks. well, until like standard comes around. So like, so Star City, we're gonna have Absom restored, but like, I'm just not. I don't follow the standard scene there because like, it just always feels like it's not relevant. And then when it is relevant, I'm watching Pro Tours and Grand Prix, you know. So um, I I stayed, I usually watch the Legacy portion almost almost every time that it's on because I feel like that's the area that has the most room to, to grow. Um, Standard gets figured out pretty quickly. So that's sort of my take on it. Like, I love, I love watching it as a sport almost, like as a spectator sport. Um, but I, like, as far as Standard, like, I just could, could care less what, what's going on just right this second. So that that's my take. So I know uh, I'm 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 all bagging on Cranny because he's uh he's got to get going. But um, can we talk real quick about Jay your Twitter conversation with uh, um, Helene from Organized Play today and get into sure. the whole like smelly people, smelly like, fucking what, bastards. Like, can, can you tell me like what what the hell was that all about? Um, who started that? Oh, Owen Turtenwald, my favorite. Uh, um, the OG started, he tweeted, and he said, he said to his Twitter followers, he said, what would you do if you sat down round one and your opponent uh, smelled like he hadn't showered in literal weeks? Um, and so I don't know what the responses were that, to that were, but I responded that I was told by a TO and multiple judges that we should be reporting it, A, to the TO immediately, and that they should be doing something about it, and B, that we should be reporting it to, like, uh, Helen and and to Wizards. And then um, she saw that tweet, like, she saw that response and was very surprised by that, but not, like, surprised, like, like that's absolutely wrong or, or you're an idiot, but just surprised as in, like, wow, that's interesting that someone said that. And then she even said, wow, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. And then Doc Ock, uh, who is most famous for getting banned for taking pictures of said smelly people and then posting it online saying these guys smell, um, chimed in and said that he also actually got told the same thing. And, uh, and I mean, basically, like, I, I just told her, I said, look, like, that's actually just ridiculous bullshit. Um, I used better language because I was respectful of her because she actually seems to know what she's doing and she's actually someone I don't hate at Wizards. But um, she, like, I just told her, like, that's basically bullshit. Like, you can't, you, like, you can't be expected to report something to Wizards and have them do something. She said, like, Twitter conversations weren't the weren't where you wanted to do it. She said that what you wanted to do is go through the the Watsy portal. And I was like, yeah, but like, do you really expect someone? Like, this is my take on it. I sit down and some guy fucking reeks like a like a fucking zebra's ass, and so what I'm expected to do is like what take down that guy's like DCI number or something, <laughs> and then like and then like play a twelve round tournament with this sweaty fuck, and then 
and then like write an email to someone and be like, yeah, when I was playing at GP Minnesota, a guy stank. And could you do something about that? Like, that's what I'm supposed to do? Like, I understand, like, letting them know about the problems and stuff, but I believe what I should be doing is telling the TO or the judge and then having the judge physically actually do something instead of what they actually do now, which is to be, like, embarrassed for that guy and then, like, basically expect everybody around him to just be polite and deal with it? Is is in my experience that it's happened at like two or three of the big tournaments I've been to. Um, like I was at GP Portland and I actually saw a guy who was extremely overweight, which is like I'm not judging him for that because I'm also overweight and whatever. He like was wearing sweatpants, which of course I'm going to judge him for because I'm a regular person. Maybe I shouldn't, but he's wearing like grungy old tight sweatpants. And I could actually see the balls in his ginch because the inside of his leg had like a fucking 12-inch giant triangle rip in it. And this guy was like, yeah, that's okay to wear at a 1,400-plus person GP. Like, that's a, that's appropriate attire. <laughs> so like, what did you do? Nothing. I couldn't do fuck all. I was like, okay, like, hey, really super extremely busy judge staff and TO. Maybe talk to that guy and get him to put, like, a jacket around his waist or something. So I don't have to see that ever. And they're like, look, man, we just, we just, we're really busy. We'll try to get to that. And like, just don't look. If you don't like it, just don't look. Okay. I'll just try not to look at this fucking rhinoceros bag. All right. So I'll tell my quick story about this. Um, the last PTQ that I played in, which was, I don't know, last year sometime, um, there was a player that had a distinct smell to him um let's just say it smelled like he hadn't showered in several weeks and i sat down across from him during the registration portion and i'm just like god that's awful like i i can't believe you know how bad he smelled he, he was like maybe four or five people down from me oh my god so, i hate oh, wow i hate those people so then like two rounds later i get paired up against uh, an opponent and my opponent isn't there yet, but the guy is sitting across the table and it's seriously so bad that it's actually just like making me feel ill. Like it's distracting and you it's actually distracting. do feel ill. And I, it's, you're right. So I'm just like, this is, I can't do this. Like I, I can't play a game and Sam will tell you, like if I'm, if I'm out of my comfort zone, like I'll just, I'll just diva out, whatever. I don't fucking True care. Story. So, yeah. So diva I, out is the right, is the right so thing I to say. stand yeah. up and I go to the, to the, to the head judge and I'm like, look, I, I hate to do this, but there's a guy over there that just smells awful, and I want to be <laughs> want to sit somewhere else. Like, I, can you can you put me and my opponent at another table? And like, they didn't even think about it. He's like, oh yeah, dude, no problem. And just like, goes wow, and sweet. Goes and gets me my my opponent. He's like, hey, we're gonna play over here. And How like, lucky. Hit our match like, you know, twenty feet away from the dude. It was insane. Like. The the judge totally understanding and like I don't know if they had a conversation with the guy or what, but like, you know, that stuff happens and like I think that you know the judge staff is mature enough to understand that like, you know, maybe it was making me sick. They don't they'd rather they'd rather their players like have a good time and 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 like, you know, players need to educate other players, not in the way that the you know that fucking Dr. Eight sides did, 
Yeah, but, yeah. You know, if your friends, you know, have a little bo issue, just be like, dude, you need What's to. What's the worst thing that could happen by telling him that? And I want, I would want someone to tell me that, like, hey, man, you smell me right. And, and then I'll either explain it, like, oh yeah, dude, I haven't, you know, I, I'm smoking <laughs> all day, and I, for, or I'd be like, you know, well, that's that's just my musk. <laughs> I, I'm a naturalist. I, I'm like Steve Jobs, and I don't believe in fucking showering, and I use crystals to deodorize myself. Wait, Steve Jobs doesn't believe in showering? Well, Steve Jobs is dead, so Steve Jobs doesn't believe in anything. He hasn't had a shower in months. But he, yeah, he, but no, yeah, he, he, he was like super hippie. He did not believe in showering, and he, and he used like crystal deodorant. Are you serious? That's insane. Yeah, yeah like rock deodorant. Like he rubbed a rock on his body and was like, "This makes me not smell." I believe that. I believe that he rubbed rocks on his body. You know, yeah, like but, that was a real thing. After that, after that thing. I kind of thought like, you know, because this was obviously well before any of this stuff on Twitter. In fact, I didn't even think I was on Twitter, so it was yeah years ago. But I thought like that, that could be like kind of a dangerous precedent to to set that like if you just sat down and and told the judge that you thought your opponent smelled bad, that like that could be yeah. like. A, a thing to tilt your opponent. So yeah. I thought that, that like if, if players saw that and like I mean obviously if you do that you're a humongous fucking douchebag. But but that stop. I was like, I was totally I planning. I was totally planning to go to my next tournament and just like fucking full on brick in my pants and just like that's all not, like that's what I'm you saying mushy like and then be like yep and just look at your opponent fucking big shit eating yeah. grin. Yep, like, it was me. <laughs> like what's stopping me from like. Well, from like not showering, having like the worst Chinese food shits on the planet for three days, and then going to the gym, and then just showing up and being like, "Yeah, what of it? What?" That's, they they should they should give you a, a match loss, and say take the remainder of the round to yeah, or go get clean or go find clothes, or you will receive a disqualification. I mean, if like, it's how that, is that not it's offensive? How is that not unsportsmanlike? I mean, I like I said, the judge staff was. Very, why they wouldn't do that? So, like I said, maybe maybe a different judge staff would be like, "Hey, you're a you're a fucking baby. Go play magic." You know, that's what happened pretty much to me. Like I said, like it was just like we don't have time to deal with this. Like what? I'm barfing. Like I am fucking barfing. Oh wait, so you actually did ask? Yeah. Do you not listen huh. to anything I say? You no. I I, I I thought you were saying. <laughs> I thought you were saying, what if I asked and, like, wasted their time? But you actually no. did waste their time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, yo, this guy fucking <laughs> me about that. Like, obviously nicer than that. And they're like, we're going to try to get to that issue. But there's 1,400 people here. And we're busy doing deck checks or something. Okay. This is, this is, it's got to fall under, and I think you got it on the head. Like, it has to fall under offensive, right? Like, is, isn't there something where if you're verbally, uh... Like if you verbally assault your opponent or something, or if you're not just... even that, not even that. Like to to even it's not even that strict. Um, I I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Francis Toussaint, but he is a local Calgary grinder. He qualified for the Pro Tour. He went to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. He you know he's he's on the Man of Deprived team. He plays a fair amount. So he's playing in a PTQ. It's like Lorman Block PTQ, and he fucking is playing. Against this guy who is, you know, <laughs> unseemly, we could say. Like, one of these guys, he doesn't actually care what you think about his appearance and or how he acts towards others or etc. So, like, you know, he's just, he's just kind of salty. So, <clears throat> playing against this guy, 
he he's gonna go. Like, this player is also not very good. Um, and so he is playing. He Francis is like you know hard up. He he ends up losing the match. Basically losing the match. Uh, I think he even did lose. And he says to his opponent like, "Oh man, you had some pretty good luck with your top decks there because the guy had like I don't know ten five or ten top decks in a row that were not bricks, like just all live gas." And he's like, but good games, like, it was sweet, like, good luck in the next, in the future and stuff and whatever. You were really lucky. And the guy goes to him, he goes, you know what? I am lucky. You know why? Because <laughs> every morning, my wife wakes up and turns to me and says, anal or oral? <laughs> and, like, Francis had to call a judge on him at that point and basically, like, was like, the judge was like, yeah, what's up? And then Francis told him what happened and he got, like, I think a match loss. I don't think he got DQ'd. <laughs> For saying what he said. And he didn't even say anything, like, to Francis, about Francis, about, like, he just said, like, he was just being a fucking guy. Like, so what did he pick? I, don't know. I, <laughs> I guess it depends on the day, right? Yeah. And what dinner was the night before? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I don't know how any of that stuff works. Don't get, don't get into that. This is not a, not a podcast. So, so does that, like... Is is that reasonable? Like, Stodd, you're probably the closest to a like full blown uh, judge, full blown, you know, judge, full full blown like judge. I blame I blame Skype. Full blown. I blame Skype. All right, so let me ask this question: what What is worse, uh, having this the offensive smell that just like makes players like lose concentration, or just having a shirt that says like you know? Fuck, 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 fuck. Like, save water, fuck in the shower. Yeah, just like, uh, fuck you, you're gonna lose, or something. Just like, something... Not even offensive to the opponent, just the word fuck. I'd rather have the shirt. I'd rather see the shirt. Same here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, hold on a minute, though. But isn't that shirt... No, 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 hold on. Dodge come over and say, turn that inside out? Yeah. Of course, at minimum. Yep. And you know what? My my 12-year-old son comes to, you know, PTQs and pre-releases and states and all that sort of shit with me, right? And he plays. And, like, the last thing that I would want is him sitting across from, you know, some guy with a, you know, like, a, a labia spread wide on his shirt or whatever, you know? Like, that's inappropriate. What the fuck? Right? Or something like that, right? I mean, how did okay. we even get here? Okay. You laugh. Like, that, 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 does, like, that has not happened before. I know. Hey, are there shirts a, like this? Yeah, of course there are. A big marketing opportunity here. Where do you like, get these just, shirts? Just for labia shirts. <laughs> But but anyways, you see what I'm saying? Like, I would 100% say judge, like, not even my fucking match. Like, turn that guy's fucking shit around. Like, what the hell? You know? Turn it around or leave. Well, it's the same thing. Fucking go to the bathroom and fucking clean even yourself just, up in the sink. Even and... just, yeah, like, even just wash yourself with that horrible, filmy pink soap. <laughs> yeah! I have seen I many players, and I'm not going to name names, but I've seen many known players go into the bathroom and take, take, uh, small showers after a long day yeah, it was at a trick wasn't it? Yeah, from the sink, right? Yeah, from the sink. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you're feeling like you need to, to freshen up, like, at the very least, I would be like, thanks, man. Haha, jokes and, and embarrassing stories. Haha. But also, thank you for not making me smell your rancid ass. <laughs> I don't need to smell that shit. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. And, like, I don't know what Cranny looks like. Uh, I know, like, me and Scott are, like, I mean, I'm a big guy. Scott's a tall guy, and, like, it's hot in those 14 person. Everyone's breathing. Like, fucking Sam Stodd, you're, you're, we call you Big Easy. I mean, you're not a small, tiny, skinny little Patrick Chapin guy either. 
I mean, so I mean, like you, you. I mean, why is it so? I just, I can't fathom this. Why is it so unreasonable to expect someone to just have a goddamn shower? Like, what fucking year is it's it? Not, Jay, it's not necessarily that it's an unreasonable thing. It's the way, like the 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 biggest problem to happen to to this movement, if it ever could be called that, is someone like Doctor Eight Sides posting shit, or even Owen. Um, the way that he posted it was not inflammatory, but maybe Owen three weeks ago may have said something along the lines of, if I have to sit across from one more, you know, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I, I think that that takes it a step in the wrong direction. Also, how do you how do you implement something like that? Like, how in the hell do you enforce it? Because it's it's it is a completely uh, it's opinion. Um, you know, well, maybe I don't maybe I don't like the smell of your Dolce and Gabbana fucking you know spray yeah that's a yeah i know people who are allergic stuff and so they could actually have an issue like where their opponent has a legitimate yeah right and they're just like i can't play the match because i'm coughing my lungs up because i'm allergic to your cologne or something where's the line like oh well i quit smoking uh five years ago and this guy he smells like a cigarette and i don't want to play against that i want to suck his dick (laughs) yeah i mean how how smelly is smelly Yeah. Right. And I that's think, the thing. Like, you know what I think? I, I I've think seen so, this happen think... at events where a, a judge has actually gone to somebody and say, look, there's been complaints. You know, between after the next round, we'd really appreciate it if you were to go clean yourself up. No, it should and... be a right now, a right now, and we'll give you a time extension. I don't think that's yeah, unreasonable. Fine. fine. If, you, if you can work that out, then, then go ahead and do that. It, it, but I, I agree that people should not be coming to events. In such a state where uh, it is distracting to everyone else, there. I mean, you wouldn't expect someone to wear. I mean, you were you were once a road warrior. I mean, you got a PTQ to go to. It's three hours away. You stayed up till two in the morning, play testing, playing Diablo, whatever. You get up at you know six in the morning to go drive three hours. Like, you know, at that point you're two days gone. Like most guys, like us, even even you know. Everybody on this cast is a is a pretty reasonable guy. Like, if you have those kinds of hours, like you sometimes don't get a chance to shower. Like in not true sixteen seventeen. Not true. I don't I don't leave the house without. No, a shower. I'm just saying, like our demographic, we we are we are definitely not like fitting that profile. But you know, you got our our demographic is you know guys from the ages of sixteen to twenty two, you know high school and college kids that don't give a shit. Like the people, I, the yeah. people who who are complaining about are not people who got up late and didn't have time to shower before the PTU. No, exactly. people who have not They're just showered guys that don't days. give a shit. Yeah, and th- this is my thing. This is my thing. I just don't like, first of all, the fact that it's the norm, like that it's an accepted norm that it it needs to be like that it's that it it needs to be complained about before somebody notices, like that people aren't proactively saying it. I also don't like the fact that, like, I should have to complain about it more than once to actually have somebody do something about it. And okay. I don't agree with any of the sympathizers whatsoever. So I, there is not a single reason, not a single reason for these guys to not shower in days and to have that be an acceptable behavior. All right. So I have depression. This is, depression. Even, this is even this is even worse. To me. OK, so I've sat across from literally you know, fifty uh, percent of my opponents in sanction play in the last six months. This has been an issue. I swear to God, fucking bad breath. Yeah, seriously, yeah. seriously, yeah. actually, just makes me want to puke, and I can't yeah. play my match. Like, 
it, that is way worse to me than body odor. And, and that's something like, what do you do? Like just slide him a piece of gum. Like, here you go, bro. Yep. Like get down on this. I, I mean, did you call a judge and you complain about that? Like, this is the thing. Awful. This is the thing too, is like, I agree with the devil's advocate position that is being taken that like, where do you draw the line and allergic to perfume, allergic to smoke, et cetera. Cause I think those are legitimate concerns. I, I agree with those. The, the, the thing here, I think though, is that everybody can agree that without any opinions or bias that everybody is averse to body odor and that in our society it is a naturally uh, accepted tradition that you fucking clean yourself and as such like i i just think that that argument of like the where's the line and what's the cop out is or where's the line and, and how do you pro- like progress that way i just think that's a like i think if people are using that as a way to not further the development of this that that's a cop out yeah i think it's i mean it's legitimate you have bad breath how do i approach that is that as bad as like smelling the last three bowel movements that you had no <laughs> it's not i would rather smell your bad breath but at the same time like i think if you're gonna say like oh well if we give the judges power to ban people based on how smelly they are where's the line what if someone doesn't like my fucking dracar noir like that's not reasonable to say that's not a reasonable okay. argument it has, to, it has to be okay to be able to approach people and say look dude you smell or look dude yeah you got to brush your teeth. You got to do something. And right now it's, it's too much of a faux pas to like, just be like, Hey Medina, bro, like you got to do something about that. Yeah, Like everybody's worried about like being the bad guy. And like, I'm not even saying that don't be an asshole, but like for fuck's sakes, like how are you not being an asshole by smelling like that to me? How is that different? <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong. Like if you, if you have an opponent with bad breath, for example, there's nothing wrong with offering, Hey, you know, uh, would you like a piece of gum? And they're like, no, there's nothing wrong with insisting. Yeah, being you know? like, I think like, you probably I, do. I actually think, man, <laughs> you could probably use this. You know what I mean? Like, And there's nothing fucking asshole about that. I mean, you offered... Ni- and at that, at that point in time, he just fucking says no, and like does it like, no! <laughs> 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 then you call the judge, right? Oh, shit. Oh, I'm running that. <laughs> so, so next time I play Cranny, I'm just going to make sure my breath is as rank as possible. Just, just go in like an apple. Just like, just let it sit in your mouth for 10 minutes. Yeah. Swallow it. Oh, that's insane. Just suck on it like a gobstopper. I think before Origins, I'm just not going to brush my teeth for two weeks. <laughs> oh, man, no. Uh, John, you're not going to see me at Origins this year. I, what? Uh, yeah, like, it's... um. I made an executive decision this week that uh, I decided I'm not going to do it anymore. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be there just in a helper capacity and just kind of shooting the breeze, playing the tournament. I'm actually going to play on Sunday and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm taking a step back because like I got real deeply involved in the financial side of magic for a while. Yeah. I know Uh, you were like picking up a lot of speed. Yeah. So, but I, I got a couple side projects, um, uh, you know, through my family and I got a lot of stuff going on at work. So I've just been kind of like, man, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do all this. So I, I I'm still going to be doing like, you know, one-off events and PTQs and stuff, but, uh, origins was too much time for me to take off. I had to take like three days of vacation. So instead oh, wow. I'm just going to put up a bunch of degenerates in my house and, uh, and just come see, see all, you know, all you guys that like, John, you have a space there, right? Yeah. We got a space right across from Troll and Toad. That's insane, man. That, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to it. 
there's like so much magic this summer. Um, I, I actually want to talk about this while I got you on the line, Scotty, because, um, you know, we have multiple Star City events, including an Invitational. And I'm talking, we're talking Midwest here. So if you guys are like in Kansas, then fucking sorry. But, uh, you know, we have Gen Con and, and Origins, the Star City Columbus, and then the Invitational. There's a Star City in Detroit. Um, GP Columbus is coming up. Scotty Max coming down with his wife. And he's going to stay at my place. And uh, and Eric Klug and Adam Staborski are going to be here and, and crash here, too. So it's just going to be, like, the most insane weekend ever. I'm, I'm fairly, oh, fairly certain that I read somewhere funny. that uh, Frankie confirmed that he and KYT and Alex are all coming down as well. Is that, is that confirmed, KYT? No. Okay, so here's <laughs> no, the thing. I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to talk to my mom, who I believe is going to be out of town, and I might just run the party house all weekend. Oh, wow. Just throwing it out there. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm sure she'd be fine with it. Like I'm sure we can all be responsible adults, but uh there would be a lot more room to house a bunch of idiots who just want to draft all night. So the just, sixth man. And uh, and if Alex wants to uh, win his ten dollars back, <laughs> I still uh, I still have that Canadian ten dollars that I won from whooping his ass, then uh, he can come on down and try to win it back. <laughs> He paid me back with that U.S. dollar he won off of you. That's with the, the U.S. dollar that he, that that he. <laughs> it sounds like a big. Is that how? Is that the exchange rate these days? One for ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and somehow you, you guys are the ones in a recession, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that on there because he bamboozled me. No, we got silver hearts at ten bucks. We're fine. <laughs> the a, economy is perfect. There's a local guy named uh, Nick. His name is uh, Nick Lutz, and uh, he did a trade with me a couple, like a, like right after Alara came out, and I was just looking for cards to uh, to basically fill the shop with, you know. And so I'm just like, yeah, Silver Hearts. I need Silver Hearts. They're selling really fast, you know. And um, at the time, I was selling for dollar fifty, and so they were just moving like I couldn't just couldn't keep them in stock at a dollar fifty. And this was like before they were ten. They were like dollar fifty was pretty reasonable on TCG player, you know. So I said, I'll give you a dollar a piece on them because I know they're just going to sell at 150 like immediately. So he goes, okay. So he sells me like three or four of them, right? So then uh, I get this like text message from him yesterday and he's like, Silverheart's eight bucks now, you bastard. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I sold those at a dollar fifty. They're gone. I don't have them anymore. <laughs> but it's uh, funny because he just holds this grudge. Like he's, he was also giving me crap today about it. I'm just like, dude, how do you want me to do? Like, they were a hot card. I had to fill the stock, and you know, I wasn't trying to get you. You know, <laughs> so, that's yeah. a okay. So one of the reasons that I never want to own a storefront is because of those kinds of customers that like, you know, there. I can't tell you how many times I've I've gone to buy a collection, and I'll some guy will hand me a stack of cards, and they're like a bunch of Chronicle cards. He'd be like, I look these all up on eBay. This stack's worth about fifteen hundred, and I'm like thumbing through it. I'm like, yeah, this is about sixty cents worth of cards, bro. You know, these, these <laughs> and like, I'm just waiting. You know, if I if I had a store, like, I just I know that I would do something like that. I would sell like you know, buy silver hearts at a dollar fifteen, and they go up overnight. And then some guy doesn't understand the whole idea of magic economics, and he would just come back in and just you know, rob me or beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy, Nick, is a good guy, and that's kind of why it, it's it's a little bit annoying to me, because he's a good guy, and he was trying to help me out by selling me cards to stock the store, you know? And now he just thinks I just scumbagged him, and I'm like, dude, like, seriously, like, I had no idea. I just knew they were selling, like, 
I didn't I mean, know they were going to... Given your track record, you probably were. I mean, I would probably assume that, too. No way, dude. No way. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. I mean, you probably even pulled the, what do you value this at? I was like, quarter? All right. They're, they're an event deck, bro. Maybe dimes. <laughs> Maybe dimes. <laughs> oh, man. I, mean, I always do. Event decks are good, though, right? They got, like, Gravecrawler and the, and the other thing. I'm sure you guys already talked about that, though, right? No, we haven't. No, we don't talk about that on this show. We leave that for Horde of Notions. Oh, come on, man. That deck's insane. It's got the two zombies, and then the other one's got, what, the uh, Medina. Help me out. They're both the, good. Uh, yeah, they're both good. They're both good decks. Like, uh, and and we talked about this on In Contention quite a bit, that, like, I, whoever is in Wizards' uh, department for, like, creating the, um, the extra products that they put out um, in between sets and things, like, I don't know even know what you would call those, but, um, like, I think they're just slamming this shit out of the park. They, they know exactly what cards to put in these decks to get the new players to pick up the set, John, your 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 article series on FNM here is a great example of like the new player mentality. And uh, like, obviously, if anybody's listening to this that hasn't read it, should should fucking read it because it's really good. But um, like, I think that the, the the versus series, the you know Planeswalker versus Planeswalker is a great way to to pump the Planeswalkers. The premium deck series is a really good way to bleed old cards into the to the format. And the from the vaults are great to create like actual collectors items. Like, they just have it down to a science, and all of us, every person on this cast, I'm sure, is willing to pony up the dough whenever these things come out, just because we're, like, we're so hardcore about it, you know? And, so, and, so how insane is From the Vault's lands actually going to be? Like, is this going to be the first one that's actually worth the fucking $800 that it's going to be, like, selling at? I mean, it could get really close. A lot of the lands that, that we see, you know, like Urborgs and, and things like that are approaching 15 to $20 that by the time this land set comes out, if they, you know, throw a curveball, like throw Wasteland or something in it, you know, yeah. Urborg is, is going nuts right now. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's pretty solid at 20. And, uh, I, I've been surprised all this planner chaos stuff. You got to really watch it. And, uh, the future side and the planner chaos stuff from that block is really hiking in price. Uh, damnation is 30 on star city now. And I noticed it because all our damnation started to sell. Like all of a sudden, I started getting orders for damnations, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, so I had them at twenty one ninety nine, and what happened was TCG player all of all the people put their prices up, so my twenty one ninety nine was the lowest on TCG. Mm-hmm. So then it just like you know, obviously like everyone just started buying all my damnations because I was underpriced. So like that kind of stuff, and I same thing with Urborg right now. It's uh, it's very popular and uh, and it's, it's been going up. So yeah, if they put that in a like, could you imagine, like, a From the Vault Lands with, like, Urborg and Wasteland? Like, Yeah, it'd be ooh. insane. I mean, and it would be just it would be just the thing that we need to to get players to help break into Legacy. and Because uh, Legacy is still a, a very real format. Um, and in case anybody didn't know, they, they discontinued Extended on uh, MTGO, um, as well as uh, Singleton and the, um, not Prismatic, but uh, the other ones, Stoddard. Five, five. Yeah. So, you know, they're pushing these formats out. So that means that they're, they're pushing to, to support the main four formats, the standard, you know, modern, whatever. And, uh, and Legacy really has found its legs as a format. And I think people kind of start to understand um, that it isn't always the Stoneforge decks. It isn't always the Rug decks. That it, it's always evolving and always doing new things. And, um, and like, 
I got like I cannot wait to see what Cavern of Souls does to the format. Like I'm really excited about it. Other people aren't as optimistic as I am, but like that's a card I'm I'm so happy got printed because it's just going to open up all sorts of new doors in the format. It's going to be awesome. I, I think if Cavern does anything in Legacy, it's going to be based on a combo, like uh, like a Painter Grindstone mm-hmm. or like some kind of uh, you know Imperial Recruiter deck or something like that. Because, like, as far as the tribal decks go and stuff, I don't really think it's uh, it's going to do anything in those decks. Um, I disagree, and my my main point that I've I've said about it, uh, especially in goblins, is that um, typically the blue based control decks have the hand that beats the turn one vile or the turn one lackey, and having the cavern of souls makes it so that they they have to have the removal hand um, that they they don't get they don't get to keep the force of will hand and then you're like lackey and they're like great like now i can't do anything about it and you know yes rug is playing forked bold and like yeah rug is probably not the best matchup for you but if blade continues to be a force and if decks like maverick continue to be a force goblins should just run right over those um yeah i just don't think goblins can beat a batter skull no but do you know that they're that the goblins decks now are running like three main deck copies of like Sting Scourger and um the land that uh the stupid Mercadian Mass land, they're running three of that land to deal with Batterspawn. Oh really? I didn't know they were running the land. I knew that uh, they were running Sting Scourger for like Emrakles and stuff like that, big fatties. But um yeah I didn't know they were running the the, the lands. But yeah I know that like with the with the blade like uh with with like Esper Blade or whatever the other thing is you have like lingering souls which blocks goblins all day. It just doesn't seem like I feel like Esper Blade like has a good matchup against goblins anyways, and like you don't need to counter their lackey to to get there, you know. Well, and, and again, I won't take it too much further, but if you don't have the swords to pot your hand, you will lose to the lackey. Like turn three is too late to be playing a lingering souls, and by then the lackey's done its damage. So you have to like either stick a turn to Stoneforge to to throw it in front of the the lackey if god forbid you're on the the uh draw then you're just dead so that i just think like it gives goblins enough game to become a contender again which i think is really good because i think you have a healthy legacy format when goblins is allowed to do well um a few years ago when we saw just every deck being a mystical tutor deck i think that was a really bad legacy format um and and it turns people away from the format when when that's what the format degenerates into yeah, I'm not going to disagree about the Mystical Tutor. I did love playing because I love Mystical Tutor, but, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, but it was definitely, like, there was a lot of mirror matches. It was basically Reanimator and Storm just, like, battling it out constantly. Speaking of fucking dumb kids, holy shit. No offense to these dumb kids, but my God, how is it that I get involved in a fucking argument that is about Organizing your hand and how that's bad. Did you guys see that on Twitter? So, so I can't remember how it started, but somebody was talking about how they organized. I think it was Revised Angel. uh, It was because the 20 tweets, uh, sorry, somebody posted an article about the 25 worst fucking habits that people have about magic. Which, by the way, John, if you're the fucking editor of that article, you fucking sucked. Um, Okay, (laughs) go on. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, so legitimately posted, posted this pretty good, it was actually pretty good, it was an R8 article, 
about the the twenty five top mistakes that people make. So things like uh like playing instance at sorcery speed or uh what else was there? Like I don't know some other shit. And then one of them was um organizing your hand, which like naturally people do a lot because in in a lot of like regular and children's cards games, like you play from lowest to highest or highest to lowest or in suits or shit like that. So it's a natural progression for people to just like do that in magic. Plus people like human beings like organization and it makes it easier for them to make decisions and it's more aesthetically pleasing. So he talked about how people shouldn't organize their hand, which obviously is uh, to what I thought a no brainer and didn't even need to be mentioned. But then like all of a sudden, all these people on Twitter were like, really? That's not good. Is that so? Like, is okay. Well, like, I guess it's not. And then, so, you know, I'm like talking to them and I'm like, yeah, like, obviously you don't want to be giving me free information, right? Like magic's a game about free information. Like think about if you had to play, you know, against your opponent and you had to have your hand face up the entire time, all your matches, like you'd probably lose significantly more of them. And they're like, okay, sure. And then, but then a couple of people decided to argue with me that it's okay to organize your hand sometimes and that it's not as bad as I was saying it was. Like, do you guys have any thoughts on this? Please back me up here. Please back. I mean, it's, it's obviously best that you don't organize your hand because, you know, you're just giving away free information. Even if, you know, most people probably can't really use that information very well, but it is free information. If you get a card and you're like, all right, put it here. And your opponent's like, well, I've been tracking which ones are lands and which ones aren't. Are, are most people you play at F&M going to catch that? Of course not. But it's a bad habit to have, and it'd be best, if you can help it, just to not do that and shuffle your hand every once in a while. So that when you're, like, staring at a card and your opponent, like, casts a spell and you look at your card, you look at, your, like, your flash freeze, and you're like, uh, that's a white guy, right? All right, no, fine. And then no. there's just no forever you have flash freeze in your hand. If my opponent is going to, you know, James Bond me out of the game because he can track, like, after I flick my hand around a bunch of times that I'm keeping my counter spells on the left, then, like, I guess he's more perceptive than I am. He just deserves to win. I, I just think it's, that, it, <laughs> James it's Bond. like not a, you know, unless you not, shuffling your hand around is going to. Like, oh, he's putting his lands on the left and his spells on the right. Like, that is that is at a, at a level that I don't even think, like, if you're, oh, okay. If you're wasting your brain power trying to figure out where I'm putting my lands rather than thinking about what the, what, what's on the board and what your line of play is, you're an idiot. But this is what I'm saying is that it's not wasting any – you're, you're, I'm not wasting any brain power. You're actually doing it for me. It's the same thing like do you agree or disagree that if you top deck a land that you should just play it? Like you should not even put it in your hand. You should just flip it over and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's an island. Not. I need that. It like that's what I want to tell my opponent. Yeah, well, okay. Like we're not talking about any other. We're we're not talking about bluffs. We're not talking about tilting. We're not talking about other ulterior motives. We're talking about simply about just like just organizing your hand in a way, in a way that allows me to glean information from you. Like you don't want to give away free information ever. And like if I if if you every time you draw a card, you genuinely make a face because I know you're top decking land. Like you're not doing it to troll me. You're not doing it to. Psych me out. You're just like fuck. Land again. Go. Like how? Well, yeah. If they say it out loud, obviously. That's what I'm saying. Like, how much brain power am I actually wasting on that? So it's the same thing with organizing your hand. If I notice that you, you know, open your seven and then you start moving it around and you hold it in a set of four and three, 
And you're like, okay, well, he's probably got four lands or three lands here. And then every time you draw a land, you're like, oh, instead of putting it on the right, I'm going to move it over to the left. Okay, and then I play all my lands from the left. Like, I'm not wasting any brain power on that at all. I'm just well, no, playing okay, magic, so and you're showing me what you're doing. With all due respect, if your opponent is keeping a static hand and not moving anything around and just putting lands from the top of their deck into play, then, I mean, you're probably just going to lose to yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, but even if they don't keep it static, they will put it back in order. Like, I, like I, times, yeah. I like my hand, but I always, I mean, I, I flip it around. Like, I'll, I keep, like, my spells and my lands separate, but I flip my hand around enough that, like, I, I like, don't know. I, I think I think it's I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, as Matt. I, I could see where it's bad, but like like for instance, I, I just wrote about this the other day in the FNM Hero series. I've always learned not to play or show people what deck I'm playing, like before you actually play the tournament, right? Because right. then what'll happen is if you're just play testing on the table and someone sees oh he's playing Birthing Pod, and then they like. I hit the play against them, and their opening hand is like really good against Birthing Pod, but shitty against Control. Then they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, Medina's playing Birthing Pod, so I'll just keep this hand." Um, so like for a long time, I just didn't play. I didn't show any of my deck. I didn't play it because I didn't want people to get that information. But then like, what I learned at F and M is like, so it if people like don't have a good hand against my deck, they're not going to mulligan it. Like like I. The whole thing came up because some kid wanted to play me some games, you know, and I didn't want to be a dick. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'll play. But I was like kind of struggling my mind because I'm like, uh, you know, I don't really want to show these kids my deck because I want to beat them. But then at the same time, it's like none of these kids are going to mulligan a hand that isn't good against my deck. They just don't have no, that I mean, skill if, level. If you're playing, if you're playing yeah. against like kids who are well, are playing I, bad I call decks. Kids. I call them kids, but they're, totally they're the Friday different. Night Magic guys, you know? The Friday Night Magic guys are not going to be able to really utilize the information they're getting. They're not going to be like, oh, I yeah, think, I'm, I'm going to mulligan this. Like, I think that's completely naive, and I don't endorse this statement at all, is that you should, that you're now taking, you're saying, like, I'm going to give away free information and not give a shit about it because these people can probably not use it. That is so fucking ridiculous for me to hear. I can't even believe that you said that. <laughs> I just, like, I just, I can't even believe that. Like, I just, that, I can't even believe that. That's the same so, thing we're as, We're not like, talking about, like, nuclear that's the same, bombs that's the and same, life or death, No, we're man. not. It's that's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not talking about that, but this is the same as, as Hain, who sideboards in all 15 cards and then pulls out the cards, pulls out 15. He might be siding none in. He might be siding 15. He might be siding yeah. 12. The fact of the matter is that he doesn't want you to know it, I mean, he's any so ninja. information. Any information. He's so ninja that not, he ninja, not ninja. Yeah, well, yeah. You're covering all of your angles to give yourself the... You're, you're not providing your opponents any opportunity to gain an advantage like, where... Like, what, free advantage. Like, you okay letting your that? opponent know how many cards you're sideboarding in. Letting your opponent know what you're playing. Um, letting them see where you're putting your cards, letting them see you're you're keeping bad hands because you miss your second land drop every time. Like that's free information for your. And why would you be okay at like any time if as a competitive player or anything? Why would you be okay with that happening? Like and and to and for you to go like, oh man, these kids aren't going to use this information. How do you know that? Like, how do you know that this kid isn't listening to this podcast and going like, oh man, I never was using that information against Medina. Now I am using it against Medina, and then boom, you go on a because, losing streak, and you're like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll just give away all this free information." 
like it's fine. how about it's this fine how about this it's... give give our give our 10,000 listeners give them all the free information about speculation and tell them what you're all your all your speculating i always do so that you don't make any money i always tell them <laughs> who, who do i not tell it's true you it's, it's true you've actually there's there's never been a time ever where you've where you've <laughs> held out on something that's going to be a quick riser and bought something out of it and then told people ever that's never happened nope nope <laughs> <laughs> so i i think we can kind of sum this hand shuffling thing up with it's it's not the end of the world but at the same time don't just fucking hand it to your opponent like you should at least randomize your hands when you, after you draw a card like don't just rip your top deck unless it's a miracle um but like you don't have to be all fucking Brian Kibler about it either though the best way to put it uh is uh, a term that i absolutely hate um but i hear it pretty much every day in my life it's <laughs> it's, be- it's best practices to oh gross that is it's awful. I seriously want to fucking. That sounds like a managerial buzzword. Oh, I, yeah. I'll uh, I'll tag you in an email, and then we'll we'll powwow on that. Yes. Over- <laughs> Whatever. Yes. Oh man, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> I didn't come out here to talk about work, bro. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just, just getting it on the table. I'm putting my cards on the table. Oh and- man. I can't even think of buzzwords, man. They're just flying around just, in there. Because they're the worst. Like, you just... Ugh. I just so, <laughs> so, to conclude on Jay's point, I just want to say, if you're, like, trying to be the most competitive player out there, naturally, no. No. you don't, no. don't want to give information. No. But if you're playing no. an FNM... No. <laughs> if you're playing an This F&M, is not what I was saying at all. If you're playing at the kitchen table where nothing if else fucking matters. Deck, if you're playing an event deck at the kitchen table with a bunch of kids and you don't give a shit about fuck, do what Medina says. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Medina is not paraphrasing what I said. FYI, all these kids. I'm, I'm trying to conclude your point with <laughs> no, my yeah. final thoughts. With your bad point with your fucking <laughs> shitty garbage. I'm trying to give my final thoughts. Is what your, I'm hot, your bag of hot garbage over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't make me bust out salsa, Medina. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, that uh, that Tone Loke song was freaking awesome last last episode. <laughs> you like that? Oh man, I, I love to be like be like. Speaking of which, I have my new brand of legit salsas. <laughs> <laughs> legit hot sauce. That's legit hot sauce. That is a great idea. Or habanero peppers. <laughs> if you made a hot sauce that was uh, destructive force, oh my! I would buy it. I would buy it. And I oh. make you sign the bottle. <laughs> Sam Stott's giving me free information. He's giving me free marketing advice right here. So much money, Sam Stott. <laughs> Do you know how many Magic players love hot sauce? I think it's because he's got them. the greatest job Who in the world. Who doesn't love hot sauce? Other than Cranny. No, 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 no. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this on the open. Me and Cranny are like uh, the same guy. I'll put I'll put Frank's or or Tabasco or whatever like on a on a sub or some rice or whatever. Sam. My my good friend, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a keychain with sriracha in it. I seriously, <laughs> if they made it, I would own it. They do not make it. He's got like, he's got like <laughs> ghost, pepper, ghost pepper toothpaste. <laughs> seriously, a maniac. And and so you actually got my wife because I I was like, yeah, Sam puts sriracha on everything because every time we eat at noodles, shout out to noodles, John Medina. Uh, every yeah, time we eat at noodles. Uh, I would say, oh yeah, Sam always puts his shit on his on his food, and it's like in this like this like 
weird Singaporean like rooster bottle design. Like <laughs> I, I don't even know what who makes sriracha, but I'm like, yeah, he puts it on. She's like, oh, let me try it. She's like, oh, it's delicious. And I'm like, it tastes like shit. Like I, I can not eat that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. Sam, you, eat, you eat poopy food. I hope they have it in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> on on that note, this seems like a really good time to move to shoutouts towards the end of the show. I don't want it to ever end, but like Sam, why don't you give us your like closing accolade? All right, well, I, I want to shout out to all of you and everyone in the podcasting community. It's a shame that I'm going to be going away from that for the time being, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I'll enjoy. Uh, I still will enjoy listening to you all as long as you keep putting out good content. If you don't, I'm cutting you off. That's fucking a tall order here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, to, to Cranny for uh, putting up with me for the last few years. Uh, and and have it just to me for putting up to him, really. I think that's really yeah. where it needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all you're my shot. Pa- you're, you're supposed to pass the torch, bro. Oh, wait, I'm picking the torch up? Oh, okay. Like, Sam, you've been here before, even. Fuck. <laughs> all right, yeah, so... I always turn it off when shoutouts come out, because let's be honest... Sam doesn't let me do shout outs in the show. I'll go so to you, shout and he always like rolls his eyes and like puckers his lips like mm, shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's jealous that you are just giving a nod to the A team, the innovators. <laughs> so uh I guess in true A team fashion I gotta shout out Joel Nedry. Woo uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking sweatpants. <laughs> MTG sweatpants. Uh, no, seriously, shout out to all the guys on the A team, uh, including the you know all the listeners. It, it you guys you guys have been around since as long as we have, and uh, we all have been listening to your show. And um, you know, it's just it's good to be on here finally uh, to uh, be able to talk to all you and hopefully get to meet all you at some events this summer. So that's those are my shout outs and shout out to to Sam of course and um our podcasting uh partner Ruben who couldn't be here who's uh who's uh also going to continue to do the in contention podcast um and we're actually really really uh, excited we we do have a replacement for Sam which we'll be announcing uh on Sunday we're going to be doing an episode and uh we're obviously extremely sad to to see Sam move on to uh his development job at Wizards but uh you know obviously an insane opportunity and we're real proud of him so uh, I'm just getting real chest <laughs> up here. <laughs> Jake? Uh, sure, I'll go. Um, oh, man. Shout out to Helen Bergeau for being just a, like awesome and open and honest. And I think that's really awesome that going forward, like uh, companies are, are like allowing and even encouraging their employees to use social media, but not with like a weird marketing end on it marketing buzzword like there's so many celebrities and or companies that i would that i wanted to follow on twitter and have stopped because their twitters are just advertisements for all their shit instead of just like it's fine if you jump on and you're like hey guys like i'm sam stod and like i really love fucking wizards and buy the new product that sucks like whoopity-doo but if all the other times you're still just like Hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like a regular person, even if you just got to tone it down a little bit because it's your work account. Like, don't go Frankie Lapore <laughs> on us here, but, you know, just tone it down just a scotch. That's fine. That's so awesome. I just fucking love that. Even if you're telling me something I don't want to hear, like smelly fucking gross people, we're not going to do anything about them. Awesome. Thank you for telling me that. Just 
communicate. So shout out to Wizards for that too. Uh, shout out to Team Dick Wolves. They've been really awesome and accepting. Uh, shout out to obviously. I guess I got to give a shout out to Sam Stott. I mean, fuck, like good job getting that that internship, and I hope that it goes far. Uh, I mean, like if anybody deserves it, it's you for sure. So, and of course, fucking Stuber for coming on. <laughs> fucking cranny. So shout outs to you. It's it was fun. I had a good time. Um, I got to give a shout out to to Hain. Uh, a good job on that pro tour. I was actually super excited for you. Um, I don't think that it was a big deal for Canada, like some of our other. Sorry, you didn't watch. Loser bums. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, I guess not. Sorry, I didn't watch because I mean, I heard that your deck was like the most boring shit to watch on the planet. But I'm really glad that you won. Still, like, excellent. Like, I, I, I tell it like it is. Um, I gotta give a shout out to Mutt Zippy, of course, for this yeah. sick, sick tone loke, spicy Medina, funky, cool Medina, Jeffrey Lombardo song, original. And uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it Sager. is it Sager, 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 Sager Shale. Thanks for doing that for us. It's awesome. And uh, shout out to Tangent Dan for his fucking. I know it's Din, but I just say Dan uh, for his his awesome like MTGO hero that he's trying to do alongside Medina. It's a really, it's a good article. I'm glad to have him back in the community. So, yeah. Oh, and shout out to fat, shitty at golf, Brad. <laughs> I almost forgot that. Okay. Yeah, go go ahead there, Scotty Mac. Sure. So, um, yeah, awesome to have you guys on. I'm, I've been really anxious to do, you know, this whole supercast thing and and it's it's so awesome uh that we finally got it off the ground even though it's sort of like our last chance to do so i'm really glad that we made the time to do it uh sam like i really sincerely wish you the best um of luck with this and i really really hope that you know you get there because i know that somebody who loves this game as much as you do uh could not possibly be better suited to do anything else in this world than to continue to pour that passion into this game that we all love and make it a better better experience for us so i'm i'm really stoked uh that you of all people have this opportunity thank you uh, um make sure that when you get the good when you get the gig and they're you know taking spots for who wants to go on the magic cruise if you fucking book that you fucking tell us because we are there <laughs> okay yeah man because like that's one that i will fucking pay money to go to like i will close. fucking go to jail with canada bacon <laughs> with eating arms and sucking dick to be on a map to pay for that trip if we have to like, I will yeah. fucking do it yeah so so make sure um uh, yeah and don't die in Seattle um die yeah uh cranny man fucking awesome real as always uh I can't wait for Columbus it's I'm like counting the days my fucking summer is so jam packed and I feel like uh, the event that we get to go down to your place for is going to be this awe-inspiring peak um, that I'm really excited uh, uh, to experience this summer. So it's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, looking forward to seeing you and all the bridge guys and everyone down there. It's going to be insane. Apparently, it's Taylor's birthday weekend, too. So we're going to have to get him like some sort of man whore to give yeah. him a, a royal bottoming. <laughs> um, shout out to Ruben. Uh, it's too bad that um, you, know, you couldn't make it, but... Uh, you know, we'll have to, uh, you guys will just have to have us on your show uh, once you get your new format all set up. Um, and also, uh, major shout-outs and congratulations to the yet-to-be-determined and yet-to-be-publicly-announced replacement for 
uh, Sam. I think that uh, I, I hope if it's who I think it is, you guys have fucking an unbelievable future ahead of you, Sam. Like, you know, it, it they they did well. I think. Um, shout out to Nina for all of her hard work with uh, going into her list. Good luck to on the PTQ. Hopefully, she did well and didn't burn out. Otherwise, this is a savage burn. Um, uh, is is there anyone that we need to shout out to from our comment section? Um. Or is everyone well, just kind of like blah this week? No, I mean n- nobody said more Medina, so I'm not shouting out any yeah. of those douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, just checking. I just wanted to make sure I was covered on that end. Uh, shout out to Hayne. Um, you're my boy. Fucking sick ride. Uh, lots of fun, and I can't wait to have you on the show once you get back. Uh, KYT, uh, shout out to you for uh, your brand, man. Like you were fucking all over coverage, and uh, like your site was name dropped by BDM probably, you know, more times than pick random huge thing. Um, <laughs> Seriously, good job. That's, that's yeah, really cool. yeah. So it was it was really really slick. So I'm I'm really proud of you for that, man. I, I'm like standing here sharing in the victory with you because you know it's sick. Um, yeah, and like I think that's it. Like that anyone that I missed, I'm sorry. But uh, shout out to Face to Face Games for getting me my pre-order like lightning fast. Uh, shout out to the Brainstorm family, Evil Beard. I spoke to Evil Beard. You're the man. Shout out to Carlos, just cause I'm done. Okay, I'll go next. Yep. Um, Carlito. Shout out to Sam. Really good luck. And it's really cool for me that, uh, like, I kept chatting to you about this, that we knew each other um, before even Twitter on uh, yeah. MT- MTG Insider. And we go way back. And and people that I've known at the early times have, like, started working for Wizards or have gone a, a job with SCG, like, Guys like Joey Pasco, etc. So it's really cool that you're going to be working there. Um, shout out to you, Cran. I'll be seeing you at GP Columbus with Frank yeah. and Hayne. I can't wait to to see him. He'll be back in roughly two weeks. Um, shout out to my team, who even after a terrible uh, subpar day one, uh, ended up pulling it through. Um, Doug was one win away from from winning a thousand dollars, but uh, he did the second best with the miracle deck. And everybody in the house was talking about how you know it was way too hard for them to play uh, after day one. Even Alex says it's one of the hardest decks that he's ever played. So that's why it throws me off when there's a lot there was a lot of Twitter chat about like so anti shouts those people who just thought it was oh he just miracled and won. Um, Alex thought he misplayed at least more than a couple of times during the matches, so it's going to be good to to get his thoughts on where he misplayed. Um, and shouts to our listeners and everyone that supported. Huge shouts to BDM, who was really pulling for Canada, even though his friend was in the finals. He, it really sounded like he wanted to hang the win, so that was pretty cool. Are you ready, Canada? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, John. All right. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Matt and Stam for coming on. Uh, yeah, it was really cool having you guys on. It, it felt just too short to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm sure listeners feel that way too. So if you want, if you want more Matt and Sam, then you're just going to go and re-listen to all the In Contention podcasts. <laughs> no, you idiot! You're going to have to petition to get them back on. 
Yeah, yeah, that too. No. <laughs> I think it's just, no, just got to get Sam fired at Wizards and he'll be back. Yeah, it, it's just oh, the same thing. I was going to say, like, you're like, you just have to audition to get Sam fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, not, or I guess not hired might be the better. Okay. Be not hired, better. yeah. Yeah, who just, did you talk to Helen the... forgot? <laughs> yeah. Butcher her name some more. She'll probably yeah. be really like sad. Yeah. But if you if you like no, it, hash, hash, hashtag more contention. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Sam, uh, I'm really glad that you're uh, that you're moving on up, and uh, that was really exciting news for me to get. Um, it's kind of cool to see you know community member uh, going to work for the the big mothership in the sky. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I, I was pretty excited about that, and. Um, Shout out to uh, Polish Tamales for uh, for all the awesome artwork he does. Damn for the man, fight the power! <laughs> he's really good. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's been uh, he's been dealing with some Wizards of the Coast uh, stuff. Uh, I guess some of the lawyers, uh, you know, uh, basically sent him a like some kind of notice not to uh, mimic the Wizards of the Coast uh, intellectual property. So yeah. um, just want to give him a shout out and. Hopefully he can get all that stuff worked out. They sent him some guidelines for what he can and can't do now. Awesome. So yeah, that's a it's a good thing. At the very least, you know, artists should at least know like what are the what are the rules, the ground rules, you know. So it's good to hear that they've responded to that. And uh, you know, uh, I think I think that's about it. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know. Shout out to you guys. I listen to. I listen to the podcast. Shout out to uh, KYT, Jay, and Scott. I listen to the podcast because uh, I listen to it all the time anyways. Uh, so it was kind of like not being on the cast, you know? I, I mean, I wasn't on the cast, but it was kind of like like old days where I used to just wait for Monday and then be like, all right, I'm going to listen to the A-Team now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was awesome because it was like an unspoiled episode for me. So that was great. So how was it overall? Oh, the episode was awesome. It, yeah. was, it was really good. Yeah, I mean... You know, just like old times, like uh, you guys, you guys just nailed it. Uh, I thought you were probably the more hilarious one out of all of them, Scott, with the uh, with the basketball diaries uh, references for <laughs> cards. <laughs> I, I started busting up laughing. I couldn't help it. <laughs> for what? The basketball diaries. Have you ever seen the movie Basketball Diaries? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know the part where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio like goes in the rest the men's restroom with the other guy for some for some drugs. Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I don't okay. want to be too explicit. No, no, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I thought I thought the last episode was awesome, and uh, you know, our listeners are lucky. You guys are lucky. I can agree with that, but we're lucky to have them. Nah, you guys are just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it, everyone. So, everyone, say goodbye to Sam. Hopefully, it's uh, it's it's so long and not goodbye, and we will uh, see you soon. Bye, Sam. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Cranny's <laughs> like, why isn't anyone saying bye to me? <laughs> You're still here with the rest of us, Cranny. <laughs> yeah. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere, I say. Oh, yeah, Macho Man's gonna make you feel the pain. <laughs> I'm so glad I haven't turned the recorder off yet. All this shit is old. Man, Kyle, make that the fucking intro. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm 100% awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
no. Do I need to get my Mac? I'll, I'll get my Mac. I swear to God, I'm not an idiot. This is this is. Really Stod, Stod, yours are off, right? <laughs> swear to yeah. God, I'm not an idiot. Who hey. mine are off? No, hey, no. Jason, no. I don't. I don't have like the patience for this, so I'm just gonna be honest with you. Shut up. Okay. Okay. So, so if that's the case, the only commitment that we need from you is you need to make sure that your mouse, the, the highlighted window, is your Skype fucking window. Do you want me to share my screen? No. no I, I don't give a shit. I just no. don't want that annoying little whoop to show up in our cast. Our editor's good, but he's not that good. No. All right. Wait. That's hit all. it again. Let me see if it's me. Uh oh. Man, those sounds. Right, I think I. I think I might got it here. Is this the Mac trackpad that keeps clicking? It's me, yeah, I won't be doing it when it <laughs> hilarious! Just fucking jamming on that thing. I'm clicking off every sound that... that <laughs> there is an the option for... Incoming IM? Shut Incoming the fuck up, there is not an option, I swear to god, I'm looking right at... The Mac version is, is utter shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> Oh. Put this on the cast. Kyle, edit this in. Kyle, edit this in. That's right. Who the hell's Kyle? Kyle's our editor. Why do you have an editor? Uh, because we're better than you. <laughs> we get one of Jay's sandwich. Man, you guys even know that? That's insane. Do you, know, do, you, do you not do that live, or is that just... I feel humbled. Yeah, I do. I do it live. I just don't have the echo, obviously. <laughs> Can you go... Pew, 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 Laser beams. Chicka, chicka, pew, chicka. We're that's, making that's the, the start of my soundboard. That's the start of my fucking dubstep album. <laughs> the fat, the fat bass beats are gonna drop in September. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's what the kids are into, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody would stay off my goddamn lawn. Fucking goddamn.